With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Clicking on Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. Now, here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. So good to have you with us. Another Monday, October 26th. Boy, countdown. Really close to the election. What's going to happen? Something that was really exciting to happen last week was the MBA convention. We're going to be talking about that in the hot topic. We've got Dawn with us. So excited to have Dawn. She is just one of my favorite people at the MBA. So cheerful, always so upbeat. And we're going to be talking about that in the hot topic segment. So you want to be staying tuned all the way to the end of the podcast or the second half of the podcast during the hot topic segment. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. We're so grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to any time and anywhere. Don Williams, again, will be our guest. She's Associate Vice President, Conference Program Development at the NBA. Just wrapped up our annual convention, first ever virtual conference. And we're going to be talking about what went well, what really worked, and yeah, some things that we may learn to be a little bit better the next time. I think it's something we're going to be getting used to as we'll probably have a few more virtuals. And then what's going to happen beyond that is virtual going to mix with the reality. Ah, it could be fun. So we're going to be talking about that. Also want to say thank you to the Industry Syndicate. We're pleased to be a part of their program. And so you can check out all the podcasts at industrysyndicate.com and also mortgagemedia.com. Say a special thank you to our sponsors. Heading right off with the MBA, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Be sure to sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance app. Having your voice heard in Washington, D.C. has never been easier when you use the Mortgage Action Alliance app. The Maw app, as we refer to it here. Yeah, very exciting, very powerful. And you do not have to be a member to use that. Also, Finaster, whose Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution automatically addresses compliance issues and really helps the whole borrower satisfaction experience. Everyone's really working on borrower satisfaction. How can we make that easy? They've got some powerful tools, so check out Finaster.com. Also, Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. We're members of both of these co-ops. They create competitive advantages for both lenders and vendor members, as well as the Community Mortgage Lenders Association of America. Great to have them here with us, as well as Indicom. They do a great job of supporting the mortgage life cycle. Every step along the way is where they have some solutions. Also, Incelerate is a company that offers lenders a better engaging experience with your borrowers. It's all about engagement. What are you doing? Check out the innovation that's going on over at Incelerate at Incelerate.com, as well as Ainsworth Advisors. More and more people are realizing that you need an advisory team, especially as you deal with it. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Jenny Mae. If you've not applied for one and for either of those approvals, or if you have one, it's going to be really helpful in your approval or maintaining your approval if you have a board of advisors. So check out AimsworthAdvisors.com as well as AI Assist. It's a great tool for 
helping you engage borrowers and the marketing phase using artificial intelligence. Also, Celebrity Home Loans doing a great job of growing their business through mergers and acquisitions, as well as Innobient. You got to check out what Ted Kramer and the team have done over at Innobient. Go to I-N-O-V-I-E-N-T.com. Check out their the itemizer and the programs that they have available to help you in your pricing. Some of the largest mortgage companies in the nation use Innovian. It's so affordable. Why aren't you? Check it out. As well as KnowledgeCoop and Mobility RE. These two companies access databases that allow you to recruit with intelligence what's going on with the various loan officers. Wouldn't it be nice to know what people are actually doing and with whom they're doing it? In other words, you can look into both the sales, closings, as well as the realtors they're doing business with these two apps, Mobility, RE, and Modex. It's so good to have all of our sponsors. Check them out on our website. Let's get over to Rob Van Rapphorst with this week's Mortgage Minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week at MBA's annual convention, FHFA Director Mark Calabria announced the release of a proposed rule regarding the development of new products and activities by the GSEs. The proposal provides a more comprehensive and transparent framework for HFA review, as well as opportunities for public comment. MBA will work with its members to develop comments and recommendations in response to the proposed rule. Also last week, Calabria announced the extension of, of GSC loan origination flexibilities related to appraisals, income documentation, employment verification, and power of attorney through November 30th, 2020. These policies had been set to expire at the end of October. Shortly thereafter, FHFA also extended the GSE's ability to purchase loans that went into forbearance after closing, but prior to to their delivery to the GSEs through November 30th, 2020. And on Tuesday, the CFPB released a final rule extending the sunset date of the GSE patch. It will now be extended until the final rule amending the general QM loan definition and a separate final rule potentially creating a seasoned QM loan definition are determined. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Let's get over to Les Parker and this week's segment with the TM Spotlight and a macro view of the markets. Les? TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by PowerSeller, making hedging easy. You want to tell me what this is all about? Been washing pensions cash. Now spending Goldman's cash. Play with gangsters, become corrupt. Goldman Sachs, Malaysian subsidiary, pled guilty to a bribery charge and paid $2.9 billion settlement over a money laundering scheme. Will Joe Biden pay a clawback for his corruption like the $175 million Goldman executives will pay? The market continues to price more inflation from an economic recovery and a looming election loss for Joe Biden due to his shattered image. The one he heard is you and me. These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. All right. Good job. Les Parker and Gary Kentrabone teaming up there to give us our TM Spotlight. Be sure to check out Les's free subscription, or you can sign up for the paid version by using the word power when you sign up and for power seller. So get Les's weekly update check it out. Matt Graham, good to have you here, friend. And I was looking forward to our conversation today. For those that are new to our listingship, we got Matt Graham here, founder and CEO of mbslive.net. And if you're new and wanting to check out his uh, website, go use the 
L-O-L for Liquid on Lending on signing up and you will get an extended double free trial period. Matt, a big question for you. When is the 10-year going to cross over and are we going to be back up into one dot something pre-COVID? It's going to happen exactly on December 6th at 3 p.m. But yeah, it would be nice if we could predict the future that way. I think there is a contingent of traders and analysts who see 1% being the upper boundary of a longer term range. And we could definitely hit that before the end of the year. We might not hit it until many months from now, well into 2021. But the important thing about the mortgage market right now is when we do hit 1% 10-year yield, And especially if we get there in a relatively gradual way, it doesn't really need to connote any significant change in mortgage rates simply due to the twofold factors of MBS doing way better than treasuries relatively recently, and then mortgage rates being so wide versus MBS yield in terms of lender margins due to capacity constraints. Lenders have a, a big amount of cushion to soak up any implied increase in rates due to MBS. And MBS have similarly large cushion to soak up any implied weakness from the treasury market. Because everything is in the advantage of an originator right now when it comes to weathering the storm of rising Mm -hmm. rates. It doesn't mean rates can't go up. It just means that for whatever amount rates would have risen in the past based on any given move in treasuries, that rise in rates now would not be nearly as big. And I think we've seen that proven out in October so far with rates relatively flat, slightly higher, relatively flat though, even though treasury yields are up appreciably. You want to hear about last week and the week ahead though. Definitely interesting. Yeah. So last week raised some concerns about how quickly we might get to 1%. It was one of the worst weeks recently for treasuries, but not really out of line with the bigger picture trend. It was notably not driven by economic data, although we have seen a few examples of markets reacting to data. We didn't really get any notable examples last week. The biggest issue for bonds continues to be stimulus headlines, or at least that's the biggest apparent issue, Uh, but it might not be the only thing in play. We have seen and will continue to see a lot of reaction in bonds in terms of both volume and volatility to stimulus headlines. That's not going away. But we would also expect to see stocks tell the same story. So if a stimulus headline really plays up the potential for a deal happening quickly or a big deal happening quickly, we'd expect to see stock prices rise and bond yields rise at the same time. What we've seen since the middle of October is stock prices falling while bond yields are rising. So if we were just looking at bond yields, we'd say, oh, stimulus headlines are driving us higher. And I myself have said that on many occasions, and it's not untrue, but it's not the whole story because if it was the whole story, we'd also see stocks moving higher at the same time. I do think stimulus headlines are the biggest consideration, but we have other things coming up too. Bonds aren't going to get too happy about rallying before the election, and stimulus is another risk event that is going to prevent them from rallying in the short term. We also are keeping an eye out for bona fide economic improvement because the economic data continues to be a lot better than a lot of people expected at this stage in the game. And to that end, we do have some economic reports this week that could break that mold of ignoring the data and uh, generate a response as we saw with retail sales a couple weeks ago. So GDP 
on Thursday, I, I spent a lot of time arguing against paying attention to GDP, but this Thursday and just, I don't know, once a quarter, we see an example of an exception to that rule because it is the advanced reading of GDP, which is the yeah. first time that we'll get it for the third quarter. So that could have an effect on the, the Main Street trading mentality to see that we may fully erase all of the GDP that was destroyed by coronavirus. And then corporate earnings are in full swing and going to be in even fuller swing as the days go by here. And that could be one of the reasons that we saw stocks diverge from bonds a little bit. And the other thing, too, that we need to keep in mind is just the trends in the bond market. And when we zoom back to a wider frame of reference, we see that bond yields were in a solid trend, mildly higher in April and May after that first glut of coronavirus cases leveled off. And then they were in a very linear, regular trend channel moving toward lower yields in June, July, and early August as the second wave of coronavirus cases hit. Since then, the trend's been going in the other direction. And last week's move to high yields was just a part of that. And it occurred inside the same railroad tracks that have been containing most of that upward movement in yield. We do have treasury auction cycle this week, and it's not uncommon to see bonds be a little bit more defensive ahead of a treasury auction cycle. And we also have month-end trading. So traders could be positioning for that to some extent. Now, last but not least, anytime you see stock prices falling and bond yields rising and you have big risk events on the horizon, we could just say traders are pairing positions. They're squaring and pairing and into cash to get ready for a bigger move. And I think no matter what, we know a reasonably big move is coming. You don't know how big it will be or which direction it will be, but it is coming. Yes. I'm looking also some housing information. Case Schiller comes out on Tuesday. I didn't get that part of my notes. I'll burn through it real quick. So yeah, last week's housing data was awesome. Builder confidence, another all-time high. Existing home sales, highest in well over a decade. 6.54 million now. Housing starts have leveled off just a little bit. And now this morning, new home sales staying very high. Not quite as high as last time, but anywhere close to a million. It's just stellar post-housing crisis. And so with that high existing home sales from last week, now this week we have pending home sales, which is right. seen as that advanced indicator of existing right. home sales. It did a good job of that last time around. So if it stays high, then it bodes well for home sales reports going forward. Durable goods on Tuesday, one of the potential market movers. We also get both home price reports on Tuesday as well. And the reason that's important this time is because that FHFA home price index a derivative of that or a, a cousin of it, the FHAFA puts out is responsible for determining new conforming loan limits, which will come out at the end of That's November. Right. So this is a second to last report that goes into that. And then when November's report is released a, an hour later or concurrently, sometimes they will release the new conforming loan limits. And tomorrow that number will help us firm up expectations for what the new conforming loan limit will be whether it'll be 541 to 545, somewhere in that neighborhood. Interestingly yeah. enough, some lenders today, I think it was PennyMac, put out an extra 25 bits in pricing on high balance loans under 536 grand. I thought that was interesting because that's probably a very safe floor for where the new conforming loan limit will come in. So they know they're going to be able to move that as a conforming loan and not high balance. So they're giving you a little bit of love on the deal. 
A lot of good information up on your website. Love it. I'm looking at it right now. Anyone who's on a Zoom call with me sees your screen in the background because I just have it on all the time. And I'm looking at one of the posts up here from Mike, who is talking about the public IPO roadshow links. And it's interesting. He talks about all the companies going public. And I think there's going to be some real interesting information coming out of that. But anyone who's thinking about going public, I advise him, forget it. Don't do that. Stay Stay in your core business. Anyway. Matt, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you and I appreciate your service. It's valuable. Check it out, folks. MBSlive.net and put in LOL and you'll get a extended period of time to have the free trial. Thank you so much for being here with us each and every week. Thank you, Dave. You bet. Alice Alvi is here with us. So good to have Alice here. Alice is CMB Vice President of Education and Training at the Marvelous Union Home Mortgage. And she's got this week's legislative update. I got a little sneak peek at it. So this is really interesting. Pay attention, Alice. Good to have you here. <laughs> Hi, Dave. Hi, everyone. And happy Monday again. Because Congress is out busy trying to get reelected and everything else they're out there trying to talk about. I thought I'd focus on FHA because this really is something that's starting to bubble. I wouldn't say we're totally at a boil yet. Now, for some lenders, their default rates and delinquency rates with FHAs are boiling over. And yep. what I wanted to make sure we had a chance to give our listeners some background on right now is just there are many numbers that you hear, right? Delinquency rate, default rate. But you also hear about an FHA compare ratio. And we talk about this occasionally when it really starts to make the news. And if you remember, the compare ratio is how does my delinquency and default numbers compare to FHA's average number for all its lenders across the country. So you want to try and stay on par or at 100% with where FHA's national numbers are. We don't want to be an anomaly and have a higher compare ratio. The higher it gets, the more FHA is paying attention to the risk at the company. Once your company gets about that 150% mark and higher, then you're going to start being under FHA's uh, magnifying glass, and they will make a determination if your company needs to go through an audit. There are different types of FHA's audits, but a claims audit and a default audit, those are tough ones to get through. So no one wants to be on that radar. So we watch our compare ratios very closely. And when I was taking a look at the neighborhood watch numbers uh, today, it's really startling how many lenders, if you just looked at your compare ratio, you would say, I'm not that bad off. So we've got about 225 of about 900 lenders. So a good, what's that, about maybe 25% of the total of lenders who do FHA business out there. They're sitting in what I would call the okay zone. I'm at par. I'm not over 150%. And I'm okay because I'm not under FHA's radar, but I'm not at par. I'm slightly above par. That's a lot of business that's in default. That's really my main point here. So you might feel like you're okay because your compare ratio is in line with the national standard. But the national serious delinquency and claims rate is 7.88%. That's high. A lot of our businesses, as long as I've been doing this, and Dave, I'd love to get your thoughts. We price in how much we're going to have to manage FHA delinquencies. We have to manage being at these higher numbers because historically, I think we wanted our FHA defaults more around a 5% range. And now we're creeping into the nines. And I wanted to get your thoughts if that was your experience. As we look at so many lenders are now in what FHA might say is okay because you're near par 
we don't like where PAR is. <laughs> I'd love your thoughts yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah, first of all, there's, there's the two issues, the pricing, MSR values, and some of that. You had shared your notes. We got some feedback from Andy Shell, who's not on with us today. But I think there's clearly some risk-based pricing that you need to consider that's going on. But here's what's really interesting and that we're running into with many that are applying for Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. We do a lot of those applications, Alice. It's not the national number. It's the one that is the local Hawk offices. The, what is your regional number? Or, uh, for example, the Atlanta or the Denver office. And that's where people are not paying attention to those numbers in the various regions. And I think those are ones that are coming and creating some real issues and triggering audits. So their overall number, they ask people where they're at and they say, oh, yeah, we're OK. We're under 150. And, and by the way, the 150 number, folks, is one that I'm saying that's you can clearly know you're being looked at and triggered for an audit. But what I'm really hearing, Alice, and love to get your thoughts, is anyone that's over 120 is drawing some scrutiny right now. And and then some of the regional offices. I know you guys monitor everything because you guys are such a well-run company. Yes, we're not any kind of zone like that, but a lot of lenders really are. And your point is a great one, one that we want to make sure all our listeners are watching, is that if you're originating in a region that's a hot spot and that particular region has much higher delinquency rates, then yes, FHA is going to be much more aware. Your numbers could really be thrown off. You might think, oh, nationally I'm fine, but I've got these couple of regions that are really hot buttons. And that's really, I think, the, what's at issue here is the percentages that we traditionally knew really because of the environment that we're in today are not fast and true anymore. Right. Some companies are, have to be very concerned when their compare ratio is at even 90 and 80% because they are not prepared to handle that level of delinquency. They're not prepared to be at a yep. 7% delinquency rate in their servicing and their potential buyback risks. So I think it's a different world that we may see some lenders if this continues. Sometimes you see bumps that the numbers are improving, but you do see that overall this continues to increase. And I think FHA is a a hot button as we have more borrowers getting that product to be able to take advantage of the product and the rate. Yep. And I think what we learned from the conference last week was is the FHA fund is the best it's ever been better Mm -hmm. than it has a long time. So we're not really talking about the risk of that, but we have not yet fully felt the full impact of the forbearance. Right. Now, what does this mean? Where is this going? And I think what more and more companies are needing to do is look at the cash flow consequences if this number continues to deteriorate, which many believe it's very distinctly possible it will. And post-election, what what's the policies? I just got a text message for someone. What are the folks there at Union Home Mortgage doing as far as how are you monitoring each of the regions? Is this just something you have that's coming up? And then are you doing anything? Is the folks there and the team at Union Home doing some cash flow modeling and anticipating this? And I know you guys got lots and lots of cash, so I don't think you guys are worried about it, but... No, but it's a great point. And it's a great, we have always, even when times are good, you have to monitor. Bill Cosgrove's very aware, our whole operation about compliance. As everything grows and sales numbers grow, so do our compliance and our compliance numbers. And we have a fabulous chief compliance officer, Kelly Graylips, who I think is 
amazing yeah. at balancing sales as well as what we have to do to stay safe. And our risk management group led by Kevin Pisani, a really a great team that we have folks who monitor and this is their life. And we report out on it to the full executive committee, executive leadership across all departments so that everyone can be able to work on spotting patterns. It, yes, you have to present the data, but you have to have all the right eyes on the data as well, That's, including yeah. lead underwriters. Don't just have it in a vacuum and three people in a meeting room, but you absolutely have to monitor by region. We've already started to identify a couple of regions that are hot nationally, according to some of the groups that we belong to. Definitely make sure you're talking to peers in those kind of one-on-one meetings, like with the Potomac Partners, for example. They do a great job on FHA stuff, too, to help you with where your hot buttons are, and we check those. So we're okay, but we do see that other lenders are having a challenge. You have to monitor it absolutely monthly. Stay ahead of it. We also meet regularly just on our own delinquencies. We literally, if there were four loans delinquent, we're talking about those four loans in executive groups, looking at them in all benchmarks and, and trying to decide if, you know, there's any changes that we have to be made or if it's just more coaching. So I mean, we get very granular in our discussions with folks and also look at the global metrics. Yep. I think it's paying attention by underwriter, taking a look at, because if you have a particular problem mm-hmm. in a region, we do with one particular client, uh, they had to terminate an underwriter and uh, that started popping up and that was action they had to take. They felt there were some extenuating circumstances, try to work with a person and they're going to be looking at all the details. HUD is taking a much closer look at the regional numbers, folks. And I'm really encourage you to do the same. Uh, Alice, I've got so many text messages coming in. <laughs> one is, is uh, one request is if you could uh, put it out there just so that people go, people would love to hear from you and your team there at Union Home Mortgage. So kind of if we could have maybe a hot topic segment coming up where we bring that group that is managing this and looking at this and having a discussion a little bit, some of the best practices that you're doing there. So if you want, if you could talk to your co-workers there. That'd be good. Love to have you on and let's cover that because this is an important one, very much of an important one. I, I think so too, because the, the environment we're in inflate how good you look as well as how bad you look. Right? So mm-hmm. uh, right now there's an area where you just have to make sure you fully understand what's really happening in your shop beyond the numbers. Yeah, we'd be happy to do that. Oh. So we'll get that on the calendar. I'll talk with them and let, let our audience yep. know. There you go. We get Nikki and you talking and Nikki, get that scheduled as soon as possible because you can't believe all the questions are coming on. We hit a nerve. <laughs> we hit a nerve with this report. Good job. All right. I appreciate all right. So I have one more thing on FHA, yeah. just uh, so everyone saw Mortgagee Letter 20-35 that's talking about FHA's Catalyst now has their automated underwriting component in it. We're still digesting this as a company to identify what the right and next steps might be. So I'm curious from our listeners, if anyone out there is already embracing and ready to jump on board with FHA's automated underwriting, where you would mm-hmm. still access it through your LOS, but you would not be going through Fannie and Freddie. So total scorecard today, you go through DU and LPA, and you get a total scorecard result. FHA is now ready with their AUS. It's not mandatory. It's all optional. And curious to hear what our lenders are doing. So we'll talk more about this as we hear more companies embracing this. Yeah, maybe we'll get them. uh, When we do your segment, Hot Topic segment, we'll uh, invite some of those commentaries to come back to us. We'll start soliciting questions now. Good job, Alice. Lots, lots, lots of questions coming in. We could go on and on about that. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Bet. I got Alan Pollock dialed in with this week's tech update. Alan, good to have you here, friend. 
Did you listen to much of the conference? Good to be here, David. I didn't actually. I think I've been, I was just lots of stuff going on and I did not get a chance. I was signed up, but did not get a chance to do so. There weren't as many tech announcements as I anticipated. There were some. I'd love to get what you heard. Yeah, great. First, I I did want to bring up, uh, I saw a great technology joke. We've got to throw a little humor into our Monday. Uh, This one's great, David. There's a new chainsaw coming out. I hear it's cutting edge technology. (laughs) <laughs> that's a good good that dad is, joke that's right up there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm going to get into uh, some product releases and stuff in a moment i did want to mention two weeks back i had mentioned the term let me see your swagger and i mm-hmm. think that's something that our industry it's a word that's thrown around quite a bit especially as we've moved to apis and microservices and it is not a call for les parker's dance moves to match its weekly music <laughs> economic report let yeah, me see your good. swagger is yeah. truly it's a set of rules it's an interface that allows you to visualize your apis it shows what are the different operations your apis support what are the different parameters you need you can even use and test those apis on a user interface and not need a coding system it basically is a way to share your interface, even internally with product managers and testers and developers. It's a critical component, even doing automated testing against it. So if you hear a lot of the word swagger or you're talking and you want to sound like you know what you're talking about, ask them to see their swagger. Swagger is uh, definitely the way that you want to be. And if you're building an API and you're not using something like swagger, there's a couple of variations of it. You definitely need to rethink your uh, strategy there. David, I wanted to mention also Zoom on a separate topic. Zoom has become such a crazy part of our lives. If you look at the MBA annual conference and the virtual aspect of it uh, and the fact that everybody could still talk about come see us at meeting room B or C or -hmm. come join our virtual event, I don't know what app that or what platform that MBA used. I know that there's a bunch of these new platforms coming up, but I got to tell you what we all use every day, Zoom and go to meeting and all these other ones. Zoom has just released what they call Zaps that you can use on the Zoom platform. And this is creating a whole new way to do business. We're talking about apps already integrated today, David. Slack, Dropbox, Coursera, Cameo, HubSpot, PagerDuty. We're talking about applications as a platform that are tied into your live digital experience. Think about how that's going to change housing and how that's going to change a borrower's experience. Imagine talking about an LE with your borrowers and walking them through it with Zoom and apps that prepare your content and have it ready. Forget about our LOS systems and all our other technology. We're talking about just tools that make you as a loan officer smarter than they can be without it. That's where technology is a big deal. So anyways, we're talking about just mortgage financing, housing financing. Think about everything else that's out there. Zoom right now is worth 145 billion times more growth. It's just absolutely crazy. We'll hear much, much more about Zoom. All right, David, a couple of announcements. Some I think maybe right before MBA annual. I'll tell you my favorite one in a second, but let's get through a couple quick ones. The one simple, Nexus has extended their integration into Ellie Mae with hybrid e-closings for lenders and borrowers. Super important. Simple Nexus is a point of sale platform and they are talking to the borrower. And the more you can interact and do and maintain that consistency of experience of the borrower, obviously, is absolutely critical. This one, I think, David, is really important. CoreLogic has announced a new automated valuation model 
And here's why this is so important, right? One, based on COVID and based on the new era that we live in today, basically it's called Total Home Value X. And it's a new automated valuation model that removes the need for multiple AVMs because it combines them all automatically. But the best part is it captures 99 plus percent of the U.S. properties and spans 50 years, as well as MLS data and even newly added data sources not traditionally used in AVMs. Now, I have to tell you, I built a system years ago that valued performing assets. And we went out and we pulled in multiple AVMs from different sources and we tied them together to create an average. And it was interesting to see the difference in those AVM values. AVMs don't typically have even new MLS data. We're talking about something completely new. And this is not a paid advertisement by CoreLogic. Just based on my experience, this is absolutely critical. If you are building a platform and you're looking to automate underwriting, how backed up and hard it is to get auditors right now and underwriters, we need to implement technology. This is a piece of that puzzle that your vendors need to use or you want to look to integrate with. So I wanted to mention that. It's not my favorite yet, but that is really exciting. Moving on. This one's really cool. FinLocker. We've all heard of FinLocker. They just partnered with TransUnion. They got a $20 million Series A financing round. And they partnered with them to bring more control to consumers. Now, for those of you that don't know FinLocker, I may not do it the right justice, but basically they help a consumer understand their full financial picture. And especially when you think of PFMs, personal financial managers that are tied into a lot of online banking account systems, FinLocker is like that system on steroids. And for the ones that are integrated with, you can originate mortgages. You can get a total picture of your finances. They create suggestions. They have tons and tons of educational mortgage content. Such a big deal because TransUnion for years, David, has been building content all based on what you can look at with the credit. Like you talked about data before we got on this call. You love your new your Apple Watch and all the data. You love data. TransUnion yeah. loved data for years. Anyways, that's a big one to take a look at. FinLocker, TransUnion, I love that. Here's the one I love, the biggest one, David. Rocket Mortgage introduces a new tech platform to empower real estate agents. It's not a big deal that they're empowering real estate agents, right? No big deal. You send them a notification, they're involved in the process, you let them join a chat. But they're tying them with a separate mobile app specifically to empower those real estate agents. They'll have transparency into the loan application. But everyone just shoots real estate agents an email. This is an actual app that they get They can have access into the client's loans. They can be assigned conditions, get additional documentation, you name it. I love it because it's tying the two worlds, real estate tech, fintech, mortgage tech. It ties everything together. And then it takes me right into my absolute favorite announcement, which is blend and consumer banking. And they're now doing personal credit cards. M&T connected with them. I can't remember if I mentioned this a week or two ago or not. It's just, I love it so much. The fact that now you can log into your M&T bank account, there's other banks on this platform, you can see all the different products, up to six products right now that you are already approved for. How big of a deal is that? Such a big deal, David, that you can now tie all your data together for a bank and credit union, the ability to have the cultivation of all your data, all your information, all mixed together and get these suggestions from your trusted bank your credit union, your community bank, right? That's such a big deal. And Blend, a third party, is doing this. So I'll leave it with that. Next week, we are going to talk about 
such an exciting topic, which has to do with what to do with your technology roadmap for the rest of the year. We're going to come back to the Moscow method. And then I also wanted to talk about how to deal with tech people. So outside of that, I hope everyone has a great week. And I'm looking forward to our NBA annual recap coming up shortly. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, man. Have a great rest of your week and looking forward. You participate in the, in the discussion here, too, by the way. Helen, if you can stick around. Absolutely. You bet. Always. Folks, that wraps up this week's mortgage update. Joe Tyrell, got to have him here hopefully next week. And we're sharing with some of the things that Ellie Mae is inside of and part of ICE. We're very excited about what is the future there. So anyway, a special thank you goes out to Finastra, CMLA, the MBA, Indicom, Incelerate, and Ainsworth Advisors, Mobility, RE, Modex, and all of our sponsors. Thank you so much for being here this week. And folks, have a great week. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.